Good afternoon and welcome to the Hard Luck Show. I'm your certified, qualified host coming from the west side, Steve Lucky Luciano. Today, on my left, as always, is Chumahan Bowen, American Indian, elegant barbarian, Southern Californian. Damn it. That's what I'm talking about. And on my right, handling music, Sean Lewis, certified audio professional and engineer. What a hard luck show. That's right. Audio samurai. Everything handled. Gentlemen, this afternoon, I've got a very special guest coming in today. First off, his name is Charlie Chacon. Okay, he is the director of the West Los documentary. Right, created it, came up with the script, concept, everything. Right, he's currently the director. Right. We're in production. Right, um, a great, talented, talented. Uh, he had the original vision. Yes, absolutely. right when there was nobody around, it was Charlie Chacon, the camera, and the concept. And this guy, as we will talk to Charlie, and everybody will get to meet Charlie has taken some really big chances that nobody's ever taken before in the four corners on the west side of bringing communities together through a common thread to tell a story about the west side. And uh, listen, man, everybody that's listening knows I'm from Santa Monica. I come come from the four corners. I'm all about the west side. And I brought on a guest today that's over out of the Culver City area, Culver City area. And uh, he's got a lot of love for the West Side, not only his his neighborhood that he grew up in, but the West Side in general, the four corners like me, man. So we have a common ground. Let's uh, let's let's bring on our guest, you guys. Charlie Chacon. Charlie Chacon. Hello. hello. Charlie, man. Thank you, bro. I know that you're a extremely busy guy, man. You've got a lot going on and I appreciate you coming and taking the time to come down to the show today, man. And talk about some of your projects talk about you uh the west side growing up in culver city what inspires you i want you know i'm just glad you're down here today man because me and you i think we share a common um passion for the west side and we we there's a there's a there's a huge history and story in our community that has to be told man and i know that i have an inside fire that I want to tell the story about my community and my history. And I know that you have that burning in you the same way, correct? Correct. That's why I brought you on board, because I felt that we had that that West Side love. You know what I mean? That passion, that drive that um, that we need to make this documentary come to life. And if, you, if, you, if you're listening and you don't know, listen... <clears throat> Uh, Charlie Jacon is the spearhead of this thing. He created the concept. He came up with the vision. Um, his uh, assistant in, in to his direction, his uh, director of photography is a gentleman named Rama Sight, who's also involved. He's working under Charlie's direction. And me and my partner, Chumahan. What up, what up? That's right. Got pulled in as producers to help move this project along. Right. So that everybody's clear on this as we move forward in this interview. Um, yes, the three of us are talking. We're partners. Sight Ra- Rama is not here today, but... 
we're partners, us three right here, on this vision that Charlie has. He's the director. And uh, so as we talk you about it, what, we're all see, connected. You see what happens uh, when you have a vision like Charlie <clears throat> does? Eventually you build it and they will come. Right, Charlie? That's how this whole project has um, been evolving um, from this idea of making a documentary and telling a story about the West Side. Um, it just started with... Uh, how long division. ago? How long? How long ago? Yeah, take us back. When okay. did this start? When did this concept well, come to you? And the concept from? started when I was going to college, West LA College, like in 2005. Mm -hmm. um, that's when I got into a little bit of trouble, and I went to jail. Mm -hmm. And um, what trouble? I was uh, well. I'm a, a documented gang member. Okay. From Culver City, so I had little issues with um, my daughter's mother, and we separated. So I was in the phase at that time where. I thought I lost everything because that was my life, my daughter, my family, going right. to work. And I had left the gang for a while because I was um, dedicated to being a family man. Right. So when that, you know, fell apart, I just found myself back in the projects. Got it. So I was hanging out with the homies and um, the crash comes in, crash unit. Um, earlier that day, we went to a liquor store and I found a Sam's Club card from Sam's Club. There is no Sam's Club on the west side, but there's this card. So I was like, what the fuck is this? I just picked it up. Yeah. You know, just put it in my pocket. Went back to the project later on that night. The cops came. Hemmed us all up, and they searched me, and I had this. They're like, what is this? It doesn't belong to you. I said, you know, I found it on the floor. They're like, hold on. We'll be right back with you. We had us all handcuffed. Come back. They're like, you know, you're going to jail for possession of stolen property. This was taken out of a vehicle a few weeks back. I don't know, blah, blah, blah. I said, are you kidding me? This is bullshit. They're like, you know, if you, that's what happens. You want to come back around, you're going to get treated like a criminal again. Wow. So um, that's fucked up. I mean, that's the weirdest coincidence I've ever had. You had zero to do with anything. You just saw a Sam's Club. There's not even a Sam's, Sam's Club. Club. Like, what were you going to do? Buy Dude. like a six pallets <laughs> of soda? There's no value. You know what I mean? That's why I like. And they, and they still fucked you up. So when I went to court on it, the judge was like, are you kidding me? Like felony. He's like, you know, the law is a law. You were in possession of this um, stolen property. But if you could... <clears> um, be successful and, and, and finish your probation, three-year probation, felony probation, I'll dismiss this case. Right. And that's what happened. But things happen for a reason. That's how my life has always been. You know what I mean? Like, if I break down my life to you, I don't know how much time we have, but I've always felt that I was meant to be here on earth, starting from the beginning. Because my family comes from El Paso, Texas, where my mother and my father were born, but they moved when they were two or three, and they didn't know each other. My families didn't know each other. Um, my father and mother moved a block away from each other to Culver City, the families, my grandparents. Yeah. And then when, my, um, when I was born, I remember around five, six years old, going back to Texas to visit my family. And my mom was telling my dad, like, let's go visit our grandparents, you know, because everybody's from Texas. And little did we know, my grandparents were neighbors, both sides, in the same housing projects in Texas. But my parents didn't know each other. Wow. But they met over in, they met in, in, City. in the west side. Yes. That's crazy. Wow, dude. Wow. Because you know what? 1,500 miles away. Yeah. 1,500 miles away. They live right next to each other. Didn't even <clears> know <throat> it. Came to LA, met. And you know how hard it is for the sperm to meet the egg? Right. Right. right? right. And, right. and so now fucking El Paso to LA, even that, that's like triple. triple. That's crazy. And One in a got, billion. One in a billion. He, and then he gets billion. busted on a Sam's card. It's fucking crazy. Okay. But, um, you know, that was, that is a crazy story in itself. Yeah. Because, you know, being from Culver City, you... And being small, like I'm only five six, I had to prove myself a lot more and, sure. and to prove myself a lot tougher. Sure. And um, like again, Culver City is one of those gangs that 
represents a red color, which we're not supposed to really represent um, being a South Sider, but we're tested a lot more. Mm -hmm. So growing up, you know, you're, you're going through these, these trials and tests and you got to do a lot of shit. You, know, you got to prove yourself. yourself. Right. What's the hardest thing you had to do to prove yourself? I mean, come on, shooting somebody is hard. <laughs> <laughs> shooting somebody is hard. But, um, but again, you know what I mean? When, when you're a kid growing up and your, your mom and dad are from the same neighborhood as you and they're young and you're born, you're a homie before you even know what the word homie means. Right. Because then, like, I started seeing death around me since I was a kid because my dad's homies were getting killed. And those are the people that I used to look up to. They used to buy me the ice cream, give me the hug. Hey, what's up, little homie? How you doing? So it blows your mind when you just see their dead body on the floor. Did you actually see? I see many dead bodies. On the floor? I see many, yes. Well, how old? What was the first dead body you saw? Like around seven. It was my dad's homie. Um, well, you know, well, I remember coming home from baseball practice. You know, it was summer. Playing baseball, coming home from practice. My grandmother, my mom's mom lived in a, a Marvista Gardens housing projects. And um, I seen, like, in a little park area, just, you know, bodies on the floor and cops were coming. And remember the ambulance picking up my dad's homie. His name was Mumbles. He got shot in the head and his head was swollen. And I remember him passing, me, passing by me on a stretcher going into the ambulance. Yeah. And that day, like, three homies got killed in the same time. Dude, I've heard a lot of fucking Little League stories. None of them end with seeing somebody shot in the fucking head. Yeah, welcome yeah. to the West Side. Yeah, West bro. Side. <laughs> By um, the way, we heard someone laughing off camera. Who do you got with, with you, Charlie? Who's this gentleman sitting um, on your left? It's my jackass partner, <laughs> Alex. Alex, say what's up. What up, what up? Ah, I love yeah, Alex. You know, Alex, I like Alex because um, we met him. He comes to our shop. You know, he has no affiliation with no gang, but he, he hangs around with different, you know, neighborhoods that cruise around and... You know, he's a joke. He's my, he looks like Jack Black. <laughs> yeah, he's Jack a, Brown. He's a, he's, Jack a, Brown. he's the Latin Jack Black. Yeah. Jack, he's Jack Negro. Jack Negro. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, all right, so from the very beginning, you were slated to be a homie before you even knew it. Knew it. Yeah, I mean, and like I was telling Mondo earlier, you know, your, your prior guest, um, it's crazy, you know what I mean? Growing up in a violent neighborhood, seeing a lot of violent shit happen, and especially to people that you're close to, and you get immune to it. And no kid should be immune to death or violence. Right. But you start seeing it in um, movies, you know what I mean? And you start hearing the music, kill that motherfucker, shoot him, he's dead, blah, 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 blah. So you're seeing it, you're hearing it, it's a reinforcement. And, then, you know, when I was going to college, I was writing essays about this. And that's another story. We'll go into that when I got into college. But essay as in writing Rice, essay, not yeah, writing, essay as not in Latin like, what's up, essay. homie, essay. Yeah. Yeah. No. Hey, essay. <laughs> I gotcha. No. And on the West Siders, we don't talk like that. We're like, what's up, dog? <laughs> what's up, dog? Say, what up, nigga? <laughs> that's they hate West hearing Siders, that, bro. Yeah. They hate hearing that, but you that's know, how West Siders are a little bit different, but yep, yeah. Yep, yep. That's the whole concept of this documentary. Yeah, so, okay, so why don't you, um, Steve, and I mean, what's the difference between West Side and East Side? Let me, let, let me first, let me, I'm going to jump in and just say right now that I got, so much love, bro, for the East Side, for the Valle, for my Southern, you know, yeah, Southern homies, dude. Like everybody, bro. I got right. love for 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 our whole movement. Right. Um, but we are different, dog. You grow up in different areas, and you grow up around exposed to different things. You're just gonna be different, and then and 
on the west side, <clears throat> we grew up and we were exposed to a lot of different things. It's a melting pot of people. Um, and so our estilo, our style, yeah, and the way we get down is kind of different than maybe some 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 people like ourselves that might be from East LA Got it. or might be from San Fernando or San Gabriel, or, you know, it, it's just a little bit different. And, um, and so that's, that's something that sometimes people want a car trip or set trip, you know? Uh, and, and they want to look at the differences instead of looking at the similarities. I mean, we're a little bit different the way we do things. So me and Charlie are both from the same area, you know, which is the four corners, the, 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 the West West side and we 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 talk differently we talk we talk differently amongst each other right. than you might find in some other areas dress you know? a little bit different like what like charlie specifically <clears throat> like what what's well, when the you go to like comparing to somebody from east la the west and the west side you know what i mean you they talk more of the traditional cholo slang what's up sa you know east side east side on the west side, we're like, "What's up, dog? What's up, nigga?" You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, That's I mean, what's okay. cracking? What's hey, cracking? That just to me, what you just described is that you guys are more influenced by African Americans. In a sense, we are, and yes. I could be—I'll be the first one to admit it. Um, I grew up in the housing projects with the Venice Line Crip. You know what I mean? So, I seen what the influence they possessed on us by you know from selling drugs. You know what I mean? And yeah. buying more high-end items like the guest jeans. Um, the Air Force Ones or Jordans, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So we weren't, I mean, not, not to say that none of us wore them like Cortez's and Reebok Classics, you know, something that's a more traditional Cholo style. We were wearing the um, K-Swiss, you know, the Air Force Ones. Which are typically like more African-American style. It's just a cleaner style. Right, you know what I mean? exactly. Alex, you were shaking your head and all that shit during Cortez talking. Well, what, are, what do you have to say about these shoes? Well, you know, when I think about when I think about, you know, the, the, the way gang members looked, you know, in the early 90s, late 90s, we, the West Side just had a cleaner style. You can see somebody dressed in Dockers. You know, they called them pretty boys, kind of, you know what I mean? Like, you, you were dressed nice, but you were doing, you know, bad things. You know what I mean? It wasn't, it was rare that you see, I mean, you did have, like, you know, certain hoods that were just white tees and khakis. Right. But then there was other guys that were just dressed nice. That's what I'm saying, dog. Like, you catch... You see somebody from like the four corners and yeah. you catch them with like a polo button down with a fade haircut. Or they'll look like a surfer. Right, dog. And you and <laughs> you, you in sandals and they'll fuck you up. They'll yeah. smoke you in sandals yeah. and a tank top. Exactly, dog. It's like <laughs> they'd be like, You got surfboards and palm trees, it's like all that rah Pop rah the rah trunk. shit. Yeah, exactly, trunk. bro. And, and got something for your ass. So <laughs> <clears throat> for sure, dog. So yeah, it's different, you know, like that. Like the same thing though. Like he's talking about in Shoreline Crips, my neighborhood was split by a boulevard called 20th Street. And that on one side were all graveyard Crips. On the other side was our community, right? Yeah. Our neighborhood. Graveyard so, Crips. Yep. That's out of Santa Monica. And that and we were influenced as well. I gotta go right along. Learn with something it. every day, don't you? Yeah, that's right. Graveyard <laughs> Crips. Yep. Welcome to the West Side. I homie. see. But uh, <laughs> uh it's interesting because uh Charlie's not afraid to say that and recognize it, and neither am I. That, well, who yeah, would be you afraid know, like, to say that? A lot of people would be. There Why? would be a lot of people that they they, they look down upon that or, or they, they got something history. to say about that, you know? Some people forget history. Right, Charlie? Well, yeah, because they don't want to be known as copying the African-American. But at the same time, it's true. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a What's minute. wrong with that? What's wrong with... Co- I mean, African... First of all... Well, that's the problem with 
us being seen differently. Got it. Different. Right. Because, I mean, a lot of music, I don't care who you are. You throw a stone, you could hit a Christian in the head, and they're rapping, and that's influenced by African-American music. You know what? It's as simple as this. Why are you I, raising I, your hand for it? We ain't in class. <laughs> 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 Alex is raising his hand. Charlie Chacon, the professor, just called on him. May I speak? Uh, I went to school like four lights down from here. Okay, so it was like 30% Latinos, like 20% black. The school was like almost 4,000 people. Right. Okay, so now I'm talking to somebody that grew up in East L.A. We were in Whittier, you know, and, and, and they said the same thing. You, when you guys were younger, you know, you, you, you talk a certain way. And I said, oh, all right, you know, it is what it is. I go, how many, how many black kids did you have in your school? Right. And they were like, I think there was like uh, three. You know right. what I mean? Like in, in my school, there was fucking 800. Right. So it's like, it's different. It's a whole crazy mix here. If you're in Whittier, if you're in Montebello, if you're in all that, you're, you're not going to see, you're going to see Latinos, Asians maybe, and that's it. And that's, right. that's why the West Side is yeah. everything. Jewish, mm-hmm. Persian, black, right. Mexican. Exactly. Fucking who knows? So you're being exposed to so much more. Yeah. And that's the, going back to this documentary, that's um, to expose those differences because our communities are not saturated with Chicano culture like those in East LA yes. San Diego. Right. That's right. And we were the first, and let, and, and let me repeat this again. Oh. The West Side was the first cities in Los Angeles Correct. to start being gentrified. We This gentrification started 25 years ago. 30. 30 in our neighborhoods. Yeah, because you know why? The beach is like right exactly. there. Exactly. Okay. The West Side. So go on, Charlie. Yeah. No, no, no. That makes sense. So you're saying, Charlie Chacon, you're saying the idea for the documentary was to bring up the fact that, look, we like that culture, but we're here. Right. And we've always been here. Right. Um, I know a lot, a lot of um, East LA, um, the, well, the least East LA community um, likes to talk about the Zuzu riots. But I was doing a little research when I was doing this documentary. One of the first Zuzu riot battles was in Venice, California. <laughs> really? Yes. Yep. At a dance hall with um, kids from Venice High. But there's really no documentation of that. Right. And that, that, is how the West Side is. We have really no documentation. Um, and like I was talking about when I came out came out with this idea, you know how many people approached me and said like, I tried to do the same thing you were doing, but I was getting no results. It, it had to be you. It was you that was it's met. It's hard to And that's, un- that's why I was talking and opened up with, I was meant here to be, a, be here for a reason. Right. And a like, purpose. Purpose. What were you going to say, Alex? We're so close. I was talking to a buddy of mine. Same thing right here in the neighborhood. Uh, he grew, he, he grew up in Santa Monica, but he's an old, you know, older, older man now, all into cars. And I was talking to him, and we were talking about the car thing, the car, car, car culture. And he says, you know, obviously on the east side, you know, everything is bigger, and it's, it's, it, 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 it grows nicely. But on the west side, I mean, everybody knows everybody. So there's always a little friction, you know what I mean? So you can't – what Charlie's doing is hard, you know what I mean? Cause some what do guys, you mean? What do you mean? I mean, everybody knows everybody. We're so close. I mean, this this person, oh, he used to go out with my sister. I don't like that fool no more. Or he used to do this and that. On the east side, you got people from Montebello. And then you got people from, you know, you, that you don't really know. So you, you know, you have, there's no history. How does that make it hard for what Charlie's doing? Because he's getting everybody together. And it's, it's tricky. Well, not only that, being a known gang member from a gang that nobody liked. <laughs> right. So... 
how hard do you think it is for me to go into a, a rival neighborhood and be like, let me do a documentary about right, you guys? Right, right. Yeah, like, man, right, fuck right. you. you know, he's like, off the bat, he's already, you know, fighting resistance. Right. So yeah. what you're saying is, is that, so Char first of all, what do you mean, is there a gang that everyone likes? Um, some gangs do get along. I know there was times and periods where Santa Monica Culver City got along real well. Mm -hmm. um, Santa Monica uh, never got along with Sotel. You know, just, I'm not mm -hmm. here to talk about the rivalry. Right. I want to be positive. Right. You know I mean? But uh, there was. But a your lot gang of, was one that nobody liked. Well, nobody liked. We always were always into some kind of trouble and we would have to fight everybody. Leaving the neighborhoods aside, you know, Charlie's right. That could go on forever. But like literally, like everyone's so close. Where like one person from this neighborhood, one person, he dated this person, and they you or know they're I mean? related. Like worked with this person. Or they're related. Saying. So yeah. there's always exactly. <laughs> but you know what's interesting that Charlie that you bring up it and that and that is that is an underlining thing that in um and I hate to keep on saying East LA. We, could, we talk about a lot of different areas, bro, Montebello or, or Whittier. The cultures for them to low ride. Yeah. And have murals and have their Chicano culture deep, deep rooted and not going anywhere is. I'm going to say it. It's easier because there's bigger numbers out there. Do you get what I'm saying? We've been here just as long, bro. Right. But we're outnumbered. But don't you, you what? don't you think that being OK? So I get what you're saying. You're saying like, look. You got well, everybody coming into the West Side to get a piece of it right. that aren't that aren't about our culture that aren't Chicano. So, that's right. So us trying to hold on to our neighborhoods, our murals, our culture, our low riding, the shit we like every day. Some corporate, some you know, is coming in. Does that competition? How is that? Com Let me ask you a question. Like when you take a fucking when you got iron ore, whatever metal it is that's in the ground, it's not pure yet, right? It's not pure. But when you put it into a fire, right, it melts away impurities. And yeah, there's less of it, but it's more pure. Do you think the same thing happens to West Side Chicano culture because you have all that competition? Hell yeah, that's why we're gonna tell the story. Oh, he's raising his hand. Alex, uh, we'll <clears throat> call on you, Mr. Alex. It's harder for us to upkeep. There's one, the, the, the most important thing about people staying here and the culture staying here and, the, and, 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 and you, you know, the, it not changing much is owning a home. You know what I mean? So if you didn't own your home. No, that, that's, that's, that's what happens. People that own the home got, got bought out and they seen um, $500,000 and they thought that was a lot of money. When Went that, to a million the, two Then they got later. $2 million property now. You know what I mean? They're like, what the fuck did I sell my house for? Dude, the guest that we just had, he said that one of his relatives put in the house that this relative has is $2 million worth $2 right. million. And they probably bought that house, house in the 70s for 100 Exactly. Not even 100 80 yeah. Not, yeah, even, yeah. not even 100 um, so do you think so? And so that competition, that driver, whatever that is, made the Chicano culture out here a little bit more pure, different. Well, you know, what's funny going back to what Lucky was saying. Yeah. Um, when I started doing this documentary, I was kind of like inquiring and asking a lot of uh, people like, why isn't there Chicano murals around the West Side? Yeah. From um, a friend of mine, Oscar De La Torre, he told me like in the city of Santa Monica, there's an ordinance um, that doesn't allow those. Murals will be depicted in any public viewing because it's seen as demonic. Hold on a second. That's just so fucking <laughs> fucked up how to me. How crazy is that? You want to know how crazy it is? Mm. Do you want to know? Please. I'm about to tell, tell you. Tell me. Good, I'll yeah. tell you too. Listen. Okay. You tell me and I'll tell you. You tell Santa Monica is Spanish. 
Like yeah. it's Santa Monica. That's right, Spanish. Am I wrong? Santa Monica. Santa Monica is Spanish, right? But yep. you can't even have the nativity scene up in the park anymore because they right. took that up. Right. Isn't that fucking crazy? Might as well change the city name then. Right. Yeah. Why, why don't you call it, you know, Monicaburg? Yeah. Monicaville. That's some bullshit. What were you going to say? I was just going to say that the people that built, the people that are responsible for Santa Monica being all that it is. Yeah. Even Venice being it is. The West Side like that was Ch- Ch- Chicano's played a huge, huge, huge role in all of it, man. Blood, sweat and tears. And now if nobody stays grounded, if nobody stays anchored, if nobody resists, if nobody tells a story, they will whitewash the whole West Side. Because ultimately, they'd like to have all of us gone. You know what it. I was thinking? I was thinking that the reason why uh, you already don't have it and why there's no traction is in part because you've got a huge, big, giant pocket full of fucking cash that doesn't want a Latin Chicano presence Absolutely. on the West Side. And that, you're going up against that. I mean, do, have you found that, Charlie? I've always found that. Um, you know, my dad was into construction and um, a lot of uh, the houses he built and the developers in the whole Culver City area was already talking about these plans from back in the 80s. Yep, yep. No we shit, they, like gentrification plans. They yeah. knew it, they knew it. Like on Jefferson, the wetlands um, over there in Playa Vista, Yeah, they were talking about developing apartments, and I was like, that is never going to happen. Those wetlands are always going to be there. Right. And it's changed the environment in, uh, altogether because when I was growing up in the projects, you'd be hanging out, like at two in the morning, you see the fog come through because the the Bologna Creek is right behind the housing project, and that leads into the wetlands. Yeah. So naturally, the fog will come through and flood the whole projects. That's cool. You won't see fog anymore. Mm-mm. Fog don't even come into the projects anymore. It can't make it. It can't make it through the buildings. Wow. Wow. You know, I gotta, I gotta it, say, it, it's, it's crazy because that's a part of growing up in that environment because. It's crazy to say that you missed that because that's when yeah. people used to come and shoot at you and you would have to like <laughs> duck under the, like lay on the floor to see people's feet that who's coming up on you because the fog was so thick that you didn't know who it was. Who was. You had to All look you could at see the was, you know, the, 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 the lit cigarette coming through like, who's that? A is that a flash. homie or is that somebody coming to dump on you? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, what's crazy is I got to tell you, last thing I thought we were going to hear about was environmentalism and fog on this podcast. And that's genius. And on top of that, uh, the last thing I was going to hear, too, is like only on our show, only on this show, mm-hmm. will you get environmentalism and gang culture come together in a unity. Be like, I miss the fog. Green and brown. It was kind of like uh, it kind of hid you, you know, because I mean? you never knew who was out there. But we can hang out. So, you know, it was it was either a homie or enemy or the cops. So. You're you know, you couldn't see who it was. And that's what kind of like shield us from everything. I love that. I'm like. Um, you know, and one of the things this uh, gentrification and all of this extra construction has done is it's it's blocked the fog. And uh, I kind of miss that because I love the fog because you could lay down on the ground and see your enemies coming and trying to shoot you through it's the fog. It's good for your skin. It kind of hits your skin. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's good for the tattoos. You know, you know maybe it, it, goes, it goes to like, it all fits together because you miss wearing those beanies and the big. Uh, starter jackets that we used to wear. It's too hot to wear that shit now. Mm-hmm. Dude, you know what? That is so true because uh, on the west side, it's a lot cooler, right? right? Or it used to be anyway before they started building some of these high rises. But 
when you read, um, so on the west side, the style would be a lot different than the Inland Empire because it's cooler out here. You could wear different shit. As soon as you pass Lincoln, it used to get like overcast. It'll be hot, 85. Yeah. Literally, as soon as you pass Lincoln, it's like, where'd the sun go? Right. Because you're around Stone Cold Killers. (laughs) (laughs) No sunshine. (laughs) You got to be cold to live in these streets. Uh Yep, yep. Or end up cold in the freezer. And so, then you and you see people no shoes, no shirts. I don't know when the fuck you grew up at, but <laughs> by the beach, by the beach. <laughs> no, we have we had shoes on. <laughs> hey, dude, dude, by the beach. By the way, it is cold because I went. I was. I grew up in Washington. It rains every fucking day up there. So I'm like, I'm coming down to California. It looked like Florida to me, right? And I came down, and that water is fucking cold. And right. And it'll be hot at the beach for like until about 11. And then all of a sudden it gets overcast and cold. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? This ain't Bay- you don't see that on Baywatch. Mm-mm. Pictures. I don't know, but I think I'm on Baywatch right now looking at you. Yeah, that's because <laughs> <laughs> sitting down in this room with shorts on and that's it. That's it. No shirt. <laughs> and yeah. Head- headphones that's it <laughs> it's true because uh uh i i often do the the show shirtless just to add an extra element of meat yeah right yeah. to make us look uh, feel bad about nah, ourselves <laughs> dude you i mean listen uh as american indian i gotta keep it real we barely wore clothes back in the day yeah that's though. true actually yeah I mean, indians we, always had your shirts off exactly man you know what growing up I either used, buffalo either wear buffalo or you're naked yeah the, hey listen i'll tell you what i fucking love having listen i was a fat dude growing up so I work very hard to get to where I'm at right now. I'm going to be honest with you. I fucking don't eat shit and I work my ass off. It ain't fun. It ain't, it ain't no yeah, easy yeah, shit. Yeah, so now yeah, I'm yeah. like, fuck it. I'm taking a shirt. Because I used to be one of those dudes. I don't know if you guys ever been this. I used to be one of those dudes that was going the pool with a shirt on. Already. Yeah, of <laughs> right, Alec? Of course. I mean, everybody, it is what it everybody, is. Everybody, I, everybody knows that. Everybody who had a gut, yeah. everybody knows about that. Listen, there's two kinds of fat dudes. There's two kinds. There's the guy that is going to wear the shirt and go in. and then Or there's just a, don't go. Uh, there's a, and then there's the fat guys that just don't give a fuck. You're on the grill. You're on the grill. Oh, yeah. Then there's those that don't give a That's fuck. That's the ones that have the fucking hairy back and everything. Yeah. But I, I always admired those dudes because I'm like. Because they didn't give a fuck, right? Because they didn't yeah. give a fuck. Yeah, At all. Yeah, 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 I mean, yeah. That's why. You know what? I'm going to say something weird right now. But I've always. Like, there's always been a part of me that envied. He envied the big dude that didn't care. I did. You understand this, Alex? Yes. Why did you do the same thing? Nah, man. You used shit. to. I used to. Yeah, man. I used to look. I, no, I used to look Samoan. No. I used to boogie board every single day. No shit. I would look Samoan, and I would be in the water, not giving a fuck. But now it's like, what it, happened? We burned it out. I mean, literally, it, when, when you wanted to do something, the bus was thirty-five cents, and you could get to the beach in fifteen minutes. Yeah. So what's I'm, wrong now? That shit's played out. It should out. cost $10 to get on the bus. And it's played out. Two hours to get to the beach. Yeah. <laughs> it's played out. You know I mean? used to, dude, dude, I'll tell you something, man. There was a part of me that I used to, like, envy in my heart. You grew I would up in envy. Washington, so I get it. No, yeah. listen. I used to, and no, you don't. Listen. I used to envy black culture because it seemed to me like big, fat African-Americans could get away with being fat and not giving a fuck. What's up with that? Either with style or their shirt off, it was not a big deal. That's why Rick Ross became Because you famous. look tan, you know what I'm saying? When you look tan, you look, you know, black <laughs> looks slimmer. I guess If you're so. a big, pale, big dude, you're going to look huge. Yeah, you look like a big ball of dough. So he's all, you know, you know Rick Ross in it out. Yeah. You, know, you don't yeah. look that big. So, Charlie, so then you're going through different enemy neighborhoods to put together this documentary. How hard is that? It's very hard. I mean, going into Venice, you know, 
being cool with those guys now, you know what I mean? They were like, man, I hated you. I wanted to kill you when I seen you a few times and I didn't have a gun. I was like, man, can't believe you're even telling me this. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, you Some waited all these like years that. to tell me that shit, but you know what I mean? Well, fuck it. I was shooting at them anyways. Right. <laughs> and so now you're talking to them about like this film. Well, now they want to be a part of it. You know what I mean? Um, last past weekend, we hit this little event and the guys from Venice are like, hey, you know, Charlie, you know, we're ready. I right. mean, when I, when I first started, I did, um, I interviewed Santa Monica, started with Santa Monica, and I got hell for that from my own neighborhood. They're like, why the fuck? You start with other people, you do, you know, you're from Culver City, so we'll do our neighborhood. But that's not the way I was thinking. Right. You know what I mean? My mentality was I got to start with the most difficult uh, connections first. Right. Because Culver, Culver City is my neighborhood. My family's going to be representing Culver City. So what good is starting there first when I, that's so easy to do? Right. Um, going back to that Sam's Club card situation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I met a few guys from Santa Monica and we were cool. You know what I mean? We, we got to, we got connected real well. You know, we hung out in jail. We were kind of like on our own little car. You know what I mean? We, we understood that we were treated as well as guys from East LA. Um, and by what I'm, what I mean by that is like when you enter the county system, you know, you start being separated into categories of cars, like, you know, who you hanging out with. Right. And then um, when I told them, you know, I'm on the South Sider, you know, they're like, all right, cool, welcome. You know, this is us right here. There's a kitty. Kitty is a little box where people donate you shit or, you know, shit for people coming in. Yeah. They're like, go ahead, use some shower shoes on the kitty, you know, bring them back. And um, I noticed that when somebody from East LA would come in, some guy from the lot comes in, Hey, what's up, homie? How you doing? Yeah, you know, so-and-so. Yeah, dude, keep those brand new shower shoes. Those are for you. I'm like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, I got used ones. Right. I got to return my shit. Right. So I was scratching my head like, what the fuck was all that about? You know what I mean? Like, the fuck? I'm from Culver City. What the fuck? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. I got um, I got a little bit schooling by Mouse from Santa Monica. He's like, you know, Charlie, this is how it works. You know, they don't look at us the same. You know what I mean? They think we're little pretty boys and we're not serious, but... We're fucking writers, homie. You know what I mean? So if shit jumps off, I need you to get my back and show them that we're West Siders. We're going to ta- mm-hmm. take care of this shit. And we're going to be the ones stabbing motherfuckers. You know so they mean? think you guys are on glamour detail because you're by Pretty the much. beach. Right. Pretty much. And they're right. harder because right. they're like deep inland where it's fucking hot and all that bullshit. Pretty much. Which means you guys got to be even twice as tough. We get off first. Yeah. Yeah. Because we, we were setting it off on purpose first. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, and listen, man, I know people ain't going to want to hear this. Yeah, come on. But <laughs> come I on. a lot of time in it, bro. Come and on. And we are predestined to jump some shit off first just because we got a lot to prove. Shit. We've been so. doing that shit with each other. I mean, mm-hmm. um, when I started this documentary, I went to um, to Rudy Salas from Tierra, the band, yeah. the group. You know, came up with this. I told him I came up with this concept of a documentary and I wanted to use authentic music, low writing music. And he's like, yeah, that's cool, you know. And we started talking about stories, you know what I mean? They're like, you were too young. I said, no, I was at the park, at Lincoln Park, many years back for Cinco de Mayo when some shit happened. He's like, yeah, you know, those guys from East LA. Like, that wasn't East LA, homie. That was Venice and Culver City killing each other there. Mm-hmm. Like, we were the ones that caused that that chaos. That's crazy to me, though, because, like, based on what you're saying, the the sort of the prejudgment of of who's tough and who's not that guy's rem- he doesn't know but he's remembering it as, oh that was east la because that was so hard but in reality it was the west side yeah and he he was shocked i go nah i go i was a little kid i go um you know 
I told him how it happened. I said, remember you on stage and people were throwing bottles at you? Yeah, that was us too. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like, man, I, I thought all along all these years, I didn't think it was, you know, guys from West LA, you guys seem more cool, chill, you know, mm -hmm. laid back. Like, like I said, we're writers, you know what I mean? We're, we, we jump. Right. I follow and uh, listen to Felipe Esparza, comedian. He has a podcast. Yeah. And early on, he would tell stories. I mean, he's gone through all kinds of stuff, you know, crack, jail, rehab. He won a, a America's Funniest Comedian, whatever, in like in 2010. But he told a story where, you know, and, I, and all his stories were from the East Side, Boyle Heights and all East L.A. He told a story where somebody duped him and dropped off like eight of his homies, all gang banged out on Helms and Venice. And I was like, oh, damn, you know, that's, that's, I mean, literally like seven minutes away. You know what I mean? From here. From here. And from he, the yoga studio. Yeah. And he was like, he, he knew he, they, they could, five gangs could have ran up on him like that. Yeah. I mean, literally in that neighborhood, Cataragas, Helms, you know, 18th 18 Street, yeah. <laughs> man, Westside Local. I mean, yeah. that, right in that little like four squares, there's like five gangs. Right. And then Culver City, Venice, Santa Monica. I mean, Venice is like the pipeline. You know what I mean? So he even knew, like, we got dropped off in the wrong fucking spot. Let's get out of here right now. Even though you got, you know, expensive houses and, 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 and you're by the beach, you're by some shit, too. There's little clusters. That's the thing. On the west side, it's, it, it's more compact. Poc pockets. Yeah. Pockets. Pockets of. Pockets of. Pockets of shit. Pockets of hell. Yeah. But on that little corner, I mean, that I've had, ain't hell. That's home. I've knew a bunch of people that have been shot at, been shot right there. I mean, Venice Boulevard, you can run into any gang on the west side. Charlie, you ever been shot at? <laughs> How many times do you want to know? I mean, tell me. At least uh, two dozen times. That's I mean, 24. At least. I mean, so let me ask there's, you a there's times that, you know, I mean, I'm just, I didn't hear a shot, but I hear a little... Whiz go by your head. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Get, what the fuck was that? You know get I mean? the yep. fuck out of and here. And in the projects, you're you're hanging out, and um, there's metal clothes lines. Yeah. So you hear that shit pinging off that shit, and you're like, what the fuck? You can hear it yep. through the trees. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's the sound that it sounds like. You ever watch? Dude, let me tell you something. Man. There's yeah. a movie. Yeah. And I tell this to people. There's one movie that best depicts what it's like when bullets are flying by your head. And it's the opening of fucking Saving Private That's Ryan. That's exactly what I was going to say. Dude, when they're opening on the beach at Normandy, you don't hear the gunshots, bro. Right. Sometimes you do. But when you hear the gunshots, when you hear it, the bullet's already passed you. Right. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, no, You're totally. already in shock that something went by you. You can feel the wind or the percussion of sound, and then you hear the shot. So let me ask you a question. So, because I know that, because I've heard that like from physics, like they say, like the bullet travels faster than the speed of sound. Exactly. So as a result, you don't hear the gun first. Okay. You, but so when you when the whiz when the whizzing starts, do you know what it is at first, or are you like? Of course. They're after not, they're the not first birds. time, after the first time, you know what the fuck <laughs> yeah. that sounds like. You they're know not birds. They're not planes. They're not bumblebees flying real fast. <laughs> you're, you're either running or you're stuck. You're just like yeah. this. Yeah. You yeah. just go. And you the first time you're going to be stuck, but once you become a veteran, you you stand still and you just kind of like project. Try and see where they're coming from or whatever. <laughs> no shit. And then you might hear the report of the of the gun. Or no. you might catch you some might... fucking blood on you or some fucking yeah. brain matter. You know? Have you ever caught any blood or anything on you? I got, a I got a ricochet in my ankle. I was shot for, and it was a 380 that ricocheted off of the sidewalk on my ankle. Yeah. Right by Campos on 20th and Pico. But uh, how bad does that hurt? 
Uh, Does it hurt or or is it like? Such I didn't a- feel. I didn't even know I was hit until I, I I looked down and saw saw blood. You were like running on a stump, yeah, and then you I, were like, "Holy I, shit!" I didn't know, but uh, and then somebody I was with didn't know they were shot, and they it, they gotten shot in the hip, and it ran up, and came out their shoulder. They didn't even know they were hit until we stopped running. And then it was like the blood adrenaline, was kind of adrenaline, burning. adrenaline. You don't. But <clears throat> you ever been shot at, Alex? I got shot at. Uh, on Cadillac and Corning, which is about three lights up. That was the last time I got shot at. That, that was the best was the time I got, time shot, I got at. shot at. No, no, no. That was the best one. This guy was in the middle of the... Charlie. This guy was, was the only... That was the only one? He's going to get shot right now. We won't shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you this. He, we had the windows rolled down. We were in an SUV. He was at the crosswalk, and we heard the gunshots. So I tried to go away from where it was coming from. I ended up going right in front of him. <coughs> this guy was just following the car. Picking him sh- up. That's, he was just following the car and just let two go. Bra, bra. They must have gone through the window because I felt like the wind. You felt the I wind? I just told my brother, get down, and I punched it. <laughs> it was right, here, I was right telling, here. Remember when I was telling you about the 45, when the 45 went the through wind. my car? Yeah. The, the, I'm wearing a hat, and the 40, a 45 caliber <laughs> went through, through the back of my car and blew my hat off, right? <laughs> this is the velocity of it. Yeah, it feels And crazy. I remember getting out of the car, and I'm asking the other dude, hey, do I have sangre on me? Because I thought I got hit by this bullet. It sangre went right under my Spanish arm. Went blood. right through the back thing. That was where that little girl's head got blown off. This Damn. Was Virgil and Melrose, bro. It was a little nine-year-old girl's head got blown off because these fools from... Uh, Drifters? From two different no, from two different neighborhoods, right in that area, going uh, at it. With Hollywood each other. was a whole another yeah. issue, yeah, yeah. But uh, listen, man, yeah, you 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 learn real quick with the bullets flying, and and listen, you know, man, <clears throat> I'm gonna say, you know, it's understandable when 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 Charlie starts saying that they were the unpopular neighborhood. Listen, I'll be the first one to put it out there. They're also the biggest neighborhood on the West Side, you know, Culver City, Culver City, yeah, deep. Got a lot of members. Um, they got their whole project. And close, they run that close. shit, you know. Um, so, you know, they're, they're, a, they're a strong neighborhood on the west side. And, and usually it's going to be that neighborhood that motherfuckers ain't liking. You know what I'm saying? Attract some attention. Yeah. But, you know, I know something. And, and there was a time uh, where Santa Monica and Culver City did get along. There's even times now. But um, there was a time where it was... Me and this dude wouldn't be sitting in the same room. Who you and Charlie Chicago? Yeah, yeah, like it was serious. Pretty much. Wow. Um, it was there on. was a really big um, feud back in '98. A lot of people died, um, and that's the time I picked up a dope case and I got arrested with a loaded firearm. What 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 caliber? A nine millimeter. Nine millimeter. I got a nine millimeter. Glock, I got a Glock. Glock nineteen. That's what I got. I got yeah. a Glock nineteen right now in my right next to my baby. In the in the in the in the in the drawer in case any shit goes down. Well, need some help, I'll show you how to help. Hey, listen. <laughs> I shot let me tell you something. I may not have been in a gang, I may not have shot at any actual person, but I've hunted with that nine millimeter. I've hunted since I was like three. So I, I know how to handle a firearm. It's the difference between shooting from a distance and running up on somebody. I believe that. <laughs> What's the difference? I agree with the you know difference is, is that you don't like them motherfucker, you wanna kill them. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> You're not gonna eat him. You're not shooting him to eat his ass. Dude. It ain't you know, a deer. You know, definitely don't want him to jump. Uh, hey, so, and the deer away. ain't got a motherfucking nine millimeter in his pocket. Shoot she ain't gonna back. shoot back. Yeah, the deer's you know cousin ain't gonna get you, you know later. Well, you know what I feel like? I feel like I feel like that scene in Godfather with Michael Corleone when uh, he's trying to talk to his brother Sonny about joining joining and helping out with his pop and his, yeah, and this his ain't br- the army. This ain't the yeah, army. We yeah. shoot him miles yeah. of yeah. yards yeah. away. Yeah. You gotta go right up to him. Bye bye. It's just crazy, you know. Me, like I said, um, well, Steve was saying, you know, being from Corner City, we're tested a lot harder, you know, what I mean, by the people running from our neighborhoods. Um, you would actually have to. Put in work, you know what I mean? And we were being sent day, night, doesn't matter what time of day. There was sometimes we were on missions where we ran into each other in Venice and we pulled up and we're drawing each other, like, what's up, fool? Where are these fools at? They ain't out here. Wow. <laughs> we're, we're shooting, almost shooting each other. Right. But that's how crazy it was. And that was our mentality was like, we had to make a statement. We have to show that, you know, we're not playing around. Yeah. So, so Charlie, um, <coughs> When did they exactly did the documentary? When did you begin stepping out and going into like like say stepping into other neighborhoods and really presenting this? Hey, this is what I want to do. Um, roughly like five years ago, uh, you know. I mean, I approached um, a mutual friend of the family. Her name was uh, Monica. Um, her sister was a Santa Monica police officer, and I knew the family because my uncle married. Um, Monica's uh, cousin, mm-hmm. and they were from Santa. Mo- That's the family that I knew that um, was from Santa. My girl hung around with Santa Monica because they knew like um, Cleto and you know all those guys that, mm-hmm. that hold, they hung around with them. So that was my um, kind of entryway to start asking questions and presenting my idea and looking for somebody to speak to. Mm-hmm. So I met Monica. I mean, well, I knew Monica, and I met with her, and I asked her, you know, who from Santa Monica can fuck with me on this project. Mm-hmm. She said, well, there's a guy named Oscar De La Torre. You know, he's not from Santa Monica, but he grew up in Santa Monica. He's very educated, well-spoken, pretty smart guy. Mm-hmm. And he has connection with the community. Made an appointment. He's like, heard about you. Come meet me. You know, let's set up an appointment. Let's have a meeting. Mm-hmm. Went. I love the idea. When we met, he said, I love the idea. He's like, um, this is great. This is pretty impressive what you're doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know about you. I heard about you. And it seems like you're ready, in, you're in the mentality for change. You know, and this is what this whole um, Pico Youth and Family Center is about. Right, right. So he's like, man, this is pretty crazy because that whole center was designed and developed during the time where Santa Monica Conference were going at it. Right. So meet year, fast forward years later after the 98 violence between the two neighborhoods, here comes a guy from Conference into that, that center trying to do something positive. Right. Again, purpose. <laughs> yeah. Purpose. Right. So I've I've always cut, had this vision, but I, I I felt this project was always like going grew legs and went on you know, started going on itself. One door went open the other. I never really planned to like interview, you know, more than like a few people. Mm-hmm. But then everybody started hitting me up after they seen the Santa Monica clip, you know, when are you gonna get us and and that's the, I stopped reaching out to people because they started contacting me. Right. So that's pretty crazy. And then d- you were asked to, where did you, you were asked to lecture somewhere? or Santa Monica College. Right. One did of the professors, um, 
she was a, a donor from Kickstarter, and she's always been a supporter. And um, she's like, hey, you know, we're having a Chicano uh, festival, and we want to want you to come and bring a lowrider on campus. Right. So brought a lowrider on campus, you know, did two um, kind of like presentations, one in the morning for the early cl- um, students that go to school in the morning, and one in the evening. And they were both um, packed. And what was the response of the of the students? They loved it. They want to be um, they want to be a part of the project. They asked if they could help out in any way. Um, they still continue to to hit me up on Instagram, um, asking, you know, how how we doing? Are we almost done? It's we. They right. feel like they're a part of the project. Right. And um, they were kind of blown away by um, the story I had to tell, because they were like. You're from Culver City, and you're here in Santa Monica. Is it safe for you to be here? I said, not really, because any I can, the way I see it, I can be taken out anytime. Right. You know I mean, there's always going to be that kid that's always going to target that big trophy. That's what happened with Mondo, right? When he was in Las Vegas, some dude from some other neighborhood, whatever that was in Vegas, rolled up on him and tried to start some shit because blah blah blah. So that could happen to you, right? It can Charlie? happen. It can happen. I mean. I don't even have to be from conversation. It can happen. Right, right. You can just be a homie. You can be a homie. You know what I mean? Like Alex right here. You know what I mean? You could be seen with me one day and people are going to be like, oh, that fool's from Culver City because he was with Roland right, and Charlie. Right, 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 right. And that's what sucks. Knuckleheads, that's all. Knuckleheads, that's it? You know what I mean? I mean, it's just, you know, when Put you get your headphones older. headphones on, fool, can't hear you. Once you get older, you know, you have more to, like, you know. It's just, when you're young, you don't give a fuck. You don't even think about tomorrow. You don't think about it. I never thought I was going to be. About to be 40. You know what I mean? Nobody. Who, you? We ne- yeah. Get the fuck yeah. out of here. I never thought I was, you know what I mean? I never thought about tomorrow. I still don't, but, you know. And that's somebody that's, that um, isn't from anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So imagine imagine somebody that was, you know, had to prove themselves. Wait a second, Alex. How could you not be from anywhere? Because where I would have to be from, I didn't want to be from. Oh, I see. I would have had to be from. Somewhere you didn't want to be from. Somewhere that. The West Side. I couldn't be around the West Side. There's, I would have to be from 18. No, not true because there's people that if I was from Culver City, you're crazy. If I was from Culver City, you're crazy. I wouldn't have lasted two weeks. <laughs> where uh, I live now, then where I grew up. That's yeah. why. That's why you ain't from my neighborhood. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I would have to. Be, uh, it just is what it is. I thought know? he was gonna say, "Oh, I better have to be from Compton Crips." Then. <laughs> I'm gonna say, Gear, Gear, Marvin, Marvin. Uh, I have to be from Marvin. I'll be the. Like third brown food from Marvin Gangsta Crip. Man. So were you met? I mean, obviously, I mean, I know, but you tell us, or you met with you met with resistance. Resistance. And then I knew that I had to get um in contact with more influential people from each neighborhood. Um got in contact with Cranky and Buyo from Santa Monica. I love Cranky. Oh, he's cool, he's a homie. Um, you know, I met with him and they were kind of like iffy. Like, uh, tell us about it. What is it you're trying to accomplish? You know what I mean? Why is it you're trying to do this? Question like that. You know what I mean? So they're like, well, come talk to us. Met with them. You know what I mean? They were just like, cool, cool. We hit it off. To this day, we're still cool. Right. Right. Pretty amazing. Cranky Shakes me is the kind of guy, though, that ain't just going to give you a green light on any. He's going to want to fill it out first. He ain't ever just going to be jumping on. He wants to talk about it first. Well, you know, you're walking into his neighborhood. Of course, he's going to be, you know what I mean, um, on guard. Right. Because that's like somebody from Venice tr- trying to come into the projects and say, you know, I want to do a documentary. Let me come in and talk to you. 
You know what I mean? Is it, are you feeling me out? Are you trying to like see yeah. who's out here? What's hey, going on? You yeah. know what? I've always wanted to know. Like a lot of people that we know have like a name. It's like bad boy. It's like big lux. Blah, blah. Charlie Chacon. Did you ever have a name? Never. Na- my name ain't even Charlie. <laughs> Wait, what? My name is not even Charlie. What is your name? My name is Lewis. So how the fuck did you get called Charlie? Um, my dad. They called him Charlie, and then they was his name Charlie. Nope. <laughs> What the fuck? No one's called what their name is. Wait a second. How come he was called? I like that. Wait, hold on. How come he was called Charlie? I never asked. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) You see? You understand now? (laughs) You don't ask. You just accept it. It's just funny to me because it's like, well, no. I mean, listen. The dude was in here and we're like, hey, how'd you get the name Bad Boy? He's like, well, I saw some <laughs> shit written on a wall in Juvie and it looked cool. <laughs> but then when I talked to Charlie Chacon, I'm like, wait a minute, he doesn't have like, you know, little punchy, little sleepy, you know, whatever, you know, cranky, whatever. <clears throat> he hasn't got the name like that. It's Charlie Chacon. And I never knew that your real name's Lewis. So your nickname is Charlie. And your dad's nickname was Charlie. Is that why you're called Charlie? Because of your dad? Well, my dad. Uh huh. Um, that's why when I used to walk around going to school, had a. Um, I went to school, elementary school right across from the Arvista um, Garden Housing Project. And then my dad's homies would be like, hey, what's up, little Charlie? What's up? And that was it. That was it. How old I were mean, you I, when I, that I, was I, going on? How old were you when that was going on? At least five. So why did they bother to call you Lewis? Who the fuck wants to be called Lewis? <laughs> yeah, Lewis kind of sound, yeah, yeah. You think Lewis sounds fucked up? <coughs> yeah. Sounds a little sweet. What? <laughs> Bitch. Louis? <laughs> I like Charlie yes. better than Louis. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, Louis Armstrong. I mean, I don't know. I don't know that Louis is that. Louis? I don't be blowing on no pipe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, cool. Alex, is that your real name, motherfucker? No, nah, his no, name is not. Miguel. Yeah. What? Yeah. No, nah, I'm just kidding. No. No, no. no. Funny thing is, depending on when you knew me, um, you call me that. So if you knew me like what? in element, I know it's tricky. If you knew me like pre- Mexicans, yeah, Mexicans. exactly, exactly. And then I was also in the graffiti culture and then the hip hop culture. So if you knew me, I can tell by what you call me, how long you've known me. You know what I mean? So if, so like, wait a second. So let's walk through your, you know what you're like? You're like a tree with rings. Like yes. each ring is a year, yeah, but the yeah. rings are your name. Yeah. So walk us through your names. All right. So, my family or somebody that knew me. I went to St. Augustine Catholic School for like four years. Okay, who were you then? I was Cano. Cano. Kane? <laughs> is that Cano? Cano. Supposed to be nicknamed. Like no, no, no. Bullshit. No, I'm, I'm being honest. I'm being honest. And my babysitter was right there on Sepulveda in, in, in uh, Washington. Oh. She gave me that name, Cano, because it's supposed to be short for Alejandro. That's my real name. Cano. Cano. So, okay, so, so, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. So when you're at St. Augustine Catholic School, it's Cano. No, it was Alex at school. Wait. What the fuck? Come Jesus on, man. Christ, man. Who the <laughs> hell are you? No wonder why they do... Uh, I'm saying friends and family. No, yeah. I understand. Now I wonder why they do fingerprints and fucking social security numbers, because everyone's got like 18 bazillion in. Man. Hey. So, so Kano, and then uh, later on, I mean, I had like little tagger names in junior high. Now, high school, Apex. If you knew me from Hamilton, which is like five minutes away, you would call me Apex. Wait, it's, how'd you get the name Apex? It's Apex close is like to the Alex. T- and it's the top of the top, and I was doing graffiti, a lot of graffiti. And is that like your tagger name? Yeah. You were like, hey, man, I'm yeah. Apex. Yeah. Did you get laid off that name? Like, do people like, mm, that's a hot I got name. laid off my art, I guess. <laughs> I mean, we, I went to Fairfax, too. So it was like graffiti was 
heavy there. Oh, you, know? you were like riding around. Oh, heavy. And then, um, dude, we had like the heaviest graffiti artist on our show, Marcel. And I asked him if he got laid off to, and he was like, "Yeah, I wasn't even trying to no, get laid off." Yeah, you, you you weren't worried about girls. Honestly, you weren't worried about girls when you were a grimy fucking bus hopping tagger. You know what I mean? You weren't. He was. Charlie was. I'm assuming my brother was. But we were. What we weren't into that shit. I wasn't a tagger. I was a gang member, fool. You got a kid. He's got an old kid right now, so he was. He was definitely a lover. Oh, he Early was into lover. the women. Charlie. Um, I was 16 years old when I had my son. Damn. Damn, G. Nice. I love that. How old's your, how old's your son now? He's 24. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, You were making babies while you were learning how to fuck, huh? Something like that. I don't know how I did it. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it just kind of yeah. happened, huh? Well, it goes, you know what I mean, with the... Um, 16? Yeah. Did you trip out? When you were 16? They look like 16 brothers. 16-year-old ass like making babies, Yeah, huh? well, you know what I mean? I spent my high school prom in the Santa Monica hospital because he was born premature. He was born a pound and a half. He wasn't supposed to live. No shit. Yes. Because wow. we were, she, was real, she was like 14, turned That's 15. That's what happens, yeah. Hold on a second. So you're like 16. She's like 14, 15. I just turned 16. Okay. And you guys are boyfriend and girlfriend, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, was that... I mean, I don't mean to be disrespectful. Like, was that your first woman, like, sexually? No. Okay, so no. Um, I was a known gang member with a nice car. You think anybody, like... So when did you <laughs> pop your cherry? Look at, look at tough guy. So when did you pop your cherry? When, when did you first get like 13. 13? Yeah. By a crackhead. <laughs> now your mom wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so 13. Wow. Wait a minute, you do wow. kind of look like me, though. <laughs> <laughs> Your daddy right yeah. there, boy. So, he he gets his, his first kid at nine. I'll yeah. tell you what. You get your Alex, beer from your mom. Alex wasn't <laughs> yeah, a pound yeah, when yeah. he was born. I'm I can a pre-cum, I'm a pre-cum baby. There you go. I'm so, a dry bro. hump baby. <laughs> no, he's just a fucking fat hump. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so and then when you when you were 16 and they told you you're going to be a father, were you tripping or what? Nah. You know what? To be honest, I was a little asshole. I was out in a car show with different girls. I got you. When she was in labor at the hospital. No, I did have a pager. I even had a fucking clone phone too. Right, and so then did you go? You you went after the car show. After you, because you okay, got it. But you're you're but sixteen. Then, but you're immature. Yeah, immature, and then um, you know, just immature attitude. Right. You know, I mean, I was like, yeah, I'll be there when I'll be there. But um, attended the car show, and then they told me that I have to be go to the hospital because it was serious. And yeah. That's when I knew shit was serious because he was a pound and a half and he wasn't gonna live. Damn. How did you feel? Did you actually feel something at that point? Or were you still kind of immature? It's kind of hard to say because it's like, to me, already death was, was death. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't shit to me. You know what I mean? If somebody died, they died. Right, because you were seven and you'd already seen people already die. seen it, yeah. yeah. And I mean, I was already, like, immune to it. So, it was, to me, it was just like, if he dies, he dies. You know what I mean? But you went down to the hospital? Went down to the hospital, um, was just amazed by how little this baby was you know what i mean it i thought he was gonna be like um deformed because he didn't have no like nipples or right. fingernails Nails. or right. eyelids or, or n- stuff like that because you know he, I mean? I was like, he, he, he wasn't was really sure yeah. yeah so i would ask a lot of questions i tell him it's like oh no he's fine you know what i mean um he's just very weak um all that stuff develops in the incubator as he gets older and i started seeing all that Think you know, about it, 16 pounds, right? 16 ounces. It feels a pound and a half. Dude, my daughter was just born. Congratulations. Thank you. Six weeks ago. 
she was born at seven pounds, 14 ounces. So if your son was one pound, one, one and a half pounds, right. That means that that was probably like five months, six months, something like that. Right. Um, like going to seventh month. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of growth. He growth. still has to yeah. do outside. But interestingly, but you got to see all that. I seen it. Um, like I said, went to school. I would leave school during lunch, go to the hospital. And then the teachers wouldn't. You see, that's what's crazy about the education system, too. Like, if a teacher likes you, they'll pass you, even though you don't know what the curriculum is or right. even <laughs> passing. So yeah. they would just let me, like, go take care of them. You know what I mean? Come back. You're going to pass. Right. You know, and that story is for another day. You know yeah, I mean? sure. But I would leave school, come back. Um, after school, I'd go stay the night, you know, hang out at the hospital and just wasn't sure what was going to happen because they were like, you know what? He took a turn for the worst. He's not going to make it through the night. Just, you know, do you have a religion? Yeah, I'm Catholic. Bring a priest They in. told you that one day? One day, like four times. And had to sign emergency blood transfusion. They're like, we can't get, we can't take blood from you or any family members because it has to be screened and we <clears> need <throat> it now. So sign papers, you know, okay, give them blood transfusion. From know, some stranger. From a Whatever stranger, they had. you know what I mean? So, up and down, you know, up and down. And you're 16 years old. Like, is he going to die? Is he going to live? What's going on? You know but, I mean? I mean, I would feel like through that process, you start to really develop a bond and an attachment for the son more than the well, 16, a normal well, yeah. 16 year I mean, when they told me that, that moment when he wasn't supposed to live, you know, when they bring in a priest. Yeah. You know I mean, it's like, even though I lost my religion because of the shit that I was doing, because... That will fuck with you mentally, you know what I mean? Having a religion and then going and try to commit murders. Yeah. It's like, you know, you know you're going to hell if you believe. But if you don't believe, why worry about it? Yeah, but you know, when I see all this <clears throat> mafia shit, I mean, right? <clears throat> like, that's what they do. They, they, They're they, extra, extra it, religious. Yeah, it's interesting. What, was what that in person or on TV? No. <laughs> in person. Actually. In person. Actually, in person. I mean, I know a lot of uh, guys back east that are Italiano, and they're Faithful. definitely super Catholic. Like, like when they have a wedding, I've been to them. It takes fucking forever. Well, that's because it, they're having a party. Right. <laughs> Stand <laughs> yeah. up, sit down. I mean, you're right. Are they religious in their heart? I don't know. But they maintain that ritual bullshit as long as they can. I mean, I went to Catholic school. Yeah. You know I mean, I went to Catholic school. <coughs> so. so did Gano. Yeah, but he was not a gangster. <laughs> it's like the guys when they get out of jail, they're so super religious. At what point then is your son out of the woods? Um, when he was around like nine months, and then they said we could take a we could take him home because he reached four pounds or something like that. And he was real little, and I was like, "Damn, how how to go, how am I gonna do this?" You know what I mean? It's like I I'm going to school <coughs> still. I'm I don't have a job. Um, and how am I to take care of this little baby that I that's so fragile? Like I might family, kill him. Though. Yeah, but at the same time, they they yeah, yeah, yeah. they let me do. Dude, what Alex, I do. hold on a second, dude, Alex, you might be right, but think about it, bro. Yeah, of course. Charlie's sixteen. They're taking home a baby. He's getting passed through school because the the teachers actually feel for him so much that they're like, look, we're, just, we're not gonna fuck you up. Just get. And then he's also got this gang background or whatever. And now he's saddled with. A baby for real, and and it's real now because you're taking the baby home. Yeah, that's I a heavy. Got to remind you that it's not just a regular <clears throat> baby. You know what I mean? It's smaller. He's been through a pounds. lot. He's been through a lot. Smaller, and it's like I seen his ups and downs. It's like, is he gonna churn for the worst when I have him? And those are things that are going in the back of your mind. Of and course. So now I have that connection, like you said, with him. 
it's like, what the fuck do I do? Right. You know what I mean? But like I said, you know, things happen. So what did you do? I started selling drugs. All started right. Started raising money to pay for my kids. Raising money, fundraising. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, it's kind of hard when you get a bill for over a million dollars from the hospital. What the fuck? And I remember going to an office and they were like, how are you going to pay that? I'm like, I don't know. You know? <laughs> and then the, the one of the directors was like, how old are you? I'm like 16. Like, you're not even old enough to enter this contract. Right. So we got to sign, have your parents sign here and we're going to figure out who's going to pay. And we're going to stick your parents with the bill. No, mm. they didn't. What they wind up doing? Shouldn't I have taken no a loss? Yeah, they probably took a loss. That's Tax why they wanted credit. us sign, signing the paper for um, them to be, I guess, as considered as a loss, I believe. Yeah, so uh, and now that son is like 26, you said. Wow, congratulations! Thank man. you. That's a major, he's always with this guy, That's my little homie, man. Yeah, oh, yeah, I don't yeah. know about homie. You guys will probably be married soon. You guys <laughs> I don't know about him. I'm going to yeah. buy him a car. I'm going to buy him a car. If I get rich, I'm going to buy him a car. Well, you better. You're going to be my son-in-law, motherfucker. Because <laughs> neither of you got girls. <laughs> you know what? Now I understand why Charlie's able to take a project like Wesley's documentary that's got no prospects kind of in the beginning. Uh. Right? Five years in the run. And I can see now why he's able to slowly nurture this He's been thing. dedicated. He's been the, the, the father for Westlow's documentary because you've been there a million times before, right? Like just something that's kind of precarious and then building it along the way. A little seed. You know what I mean? That's, that's how my whole life has been. You know what I mean? Just flowing, going with the flow pretty much. And then like everything just comes in my path and then it just open doors open and I just find my way through who, life. who are some of charlie who are some of the uh who are some of the people that are in this documentary we have cranky from santa monica we have Buyo and, and cricket from all from santa monica um we have a few guys from sotel you know those are hondo Han, what's the name hondo and um Fre uh, freddie they're from browntown um my family of course danny trejo esteban oreo um mr cartoon mm-hmm Wow. Just to name a few. Wow. Right. Right. And um, what are your hopes? Like, what is it that you envision once this thing's finished? Like, what are your hopes that about the, for this documentary? I want this documentary to be seen around the world. I want people to know exactly what the West Side's about and why we love the West Side and to learn something about us that you might not have known. Mm -hmm. um, to give us... Uh, some kind of story to be told, you know what I mean? Because I don't, I don't feel that we have a story that's properly told about the West Side. Agreed. You know what I mean? Not just Culver City, not just Santa Monica, but the entire West Side. And this documentary documents the stories collectively. Correct. You know what I mean? And and if you know if you notice, people think I'm from Santa Monica, and they're like, "Aren't you from Santa Monica?" Like, no. They're like, "You did that part, that segment in Santa Monica so well. We thought you were from Santa Monica." And that's my whole mentality when I go into these um, different corners. I tell people I want to feel how it is to be from this neighborhood because I don't know. You know what I mean? I want to know why you love it. I want to know the feeling. I want to know all the senses you get or, or, you, or you had when you were growing up in these neighborhoods because those are authentic um, feelings that come from being in this Where you ate. Where you ate. Favorite food spot. Why, why does it not surprise me, Alex, that the first thing you would go to was food? <laughs> Where did you eat? And what's the famous uh, Venice food place to eat? 
Venice, right. hoagies. Yeah, like yeah. Western. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Western everybody's hoagie. got their little. Mm -hmm. I am. I'm and bitch, you've been to all of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, several times. Yeah. I had to. I had to try them. <laughs> you ain't got to tell me that. Yeah. Wait, wait. So going back to this amazing visit. So, so in a, in a weird way though, it's the ultimate form of respect in a sense when you go into these different neighborhoods that you're not necessarily from because you're saying like, look. I want to capture the essence and, 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 and I want the sense and what it's like because I don't know. I'm not here to tell you what it is. I want you guys to tell me. Of course, me. because I'm all, I'll need know their neighborhood from what I've seen, you know what I mean? And that's going into those neighborhoods to be destructive, right. to commit a crime. Right. See, I don't know what it is other than that point of view when I go into the neighborhood. So I need to clear my mind from the way I used to think, you know what I mean? Like, we're not coming, we're not hitting this cut to look for these fools, you know what I mean? I'm here to find out the whole feeling of being from that neighborhood, not just coming in. It's so crazy. That's like the gang, that's like the neighborhood version of method acting. Do you sure, know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, absolutely. Like, he's just draining out, like, his prior whatever so that he can go. Can receive all this. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's a fucking, dude, you know what? Chicano filmmaking right here. Yeah. Now, now, Charlie, there's more. Westlow's documentary is a precursor to other things you're going to be doing, correct? Correct. What are those? I want to see, you know, me more documentaries being made, you know, me about other neighborhoods in West LA. You know, I mean, I want to see other projects evolve from this one. Maybe um, go around the whole world, you know. Documentary. I'm uh, doing documentaries about similar uh, stories yeah. that haven't been told. Right, right. You know what I mean? Just to do something positive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, to give shine to where there's no sh sunshine. I and this is. I mean, I have to say that <clears throat> just in the short time that we've worked together on this project, a lot of people have been getting at me. Nothing. A, a lot of positive. Um, this it, it, this this film and this documentary is definitely pulling the west side together the communities together through this project now i'm not going to sit here and try and tell you everybody's happy about it there's people that are resistant there's people who, that the, fuck you and fuck your documentary you know who's, the, who's fucking against this there's shit? a bunch no of people. names that doesn't yeah. even matter no because we're not even going to give them that we're exactly <clears throat> but there's there's more people there's more people that are yes that want to see it come together, that it's time for us to come together, start standing next to each other, you know, um, and start supporting one another. And get ahead of the gentrification get shit. Ahead of, exactly. Together we're strong. We stay separated, we get picked off, you know. So That's how the Indians lost. Yep. Yeah. They separate you. That's the first thing they divide do. Divide and conquer. So <clears throat> I, I they believe divide, They divided and conquer when they started um, breaking up the neighborhoods, building freeways. Yep. Exactly. And I just wait, uh, wait, wait, wait a second. Yeah, the ten huh, freeways. Huh, huh, huh. I never heard this before. You're saying that like part. Well, of stay tuned. Wessel's documentary. <laughs> so what you're saying is 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 that um, one of the things behind building a freeway into the the ten freeway. Well, you cut right into the Chicano community that was thriving there. You know what I mean? Um, that's what divided Santa Monica and Venice. Wow, that makes total sense to me now. So an eminent domain. So in law, like we learned this as eminent domain, which means that the government can come in and they can say, we're going to take your property. They got to give you fair market value for it. But when they're drawing up these plans, when they're thinking about what they're going to do, cause they could put the 10 wherever they want. 
And they decide, you know what, we're going to break up this Chicana community on the west side because we don't, we don't want a huge Latin block that's unified because it's going to make it that much harder to try to fucking sell hotels and bullshit to fucking rich tourists, right? Yeah, this is years ago, though. You know, Culver City was, all of Culver City La, around La Bayona Creek was owned by four people, four farmers, agriculture. Okay, well, so they're licensed. Only a few families. I know one. Right. They owned it from the Playa Vista, the beach to downtown, and the other All family. All of Culver City. Santa Monica to Malibu, that way. Billion dollar city. Sony yeah. Studios, and, you, know, you already know. Um, their agriculture license expired, and that was the end of they that. weren't able to renew it. And that's what became Culver And they City. were actual farmers. They were yeah. farming shit out there. There was farms all over the place. That's why it was called the yeah. Tomato Patch game. Yeah, Santa Monica had a huge tomato, tomato farm. Tomato Patch. It's true, yeah, right? It was a huge tomato farm. Yeah, the 10 Freeway went, ran right through the whole tomato farm. That's why the first, the first, the first uh, Santa Monica neighborhood was called the Tomato, tomato Gang. gang. Yep. Tomato Patch yeah. Gang, yeah. Yeah. Tomato Gang. Tomato was it Tomato gang. gang or Tomato Patch? No, Tomato, tomato Gang. gang. Tomato. You're thinking of the Cabbage Patch Kids. Nah. That's a different gang. But yeah, it, and that did split it. And that, that started the split of the whole West Side. Got you know? But uh, I just think it's, you know. That makes sense because Sotel's on that side too. I was working. Where you been for the last ten minutes? <coughs> we're talking about this shit. I didn't even think about it. <laughs> you know, there's been a, there's a there's a. I've been driving down Santa Monica. Like, uh, no, your fat has been sitting next to me all this time. <laughs> <laughs> In my mind, they're definitely. Uh, I, I love it when Charlie called us up. I got the call. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Got the call that Charlie hit us. Pre workout, bro. Got the call that Charlie wanted to reach out and. Um, wanted to uh include and and have us work on the project with him i saw the trailer and for those of you that don't know about the trailer it's west los documentary you can google that you can go right to youtube watch the trailer i saw this trailer and within the first 10 seconds of watching the trailer i was like where's this dude at that's a hit Where's this dude at? That's I want hit. to sit down. It's a hit. There's a, that, that, you felt the same way, right? Yeah, 100%. When I saw yeah. that trailer, I didn't even have to see the end of it. I'm like, that's right. definitely. Yeah. Can I ask a question? Hey, yeah. Charlie, how did you find out about Lucky? How did you get involved with Oh, I know. I mean, I've known of Lucky because of um, events I would attend with Mr. Cartoon, for Mr. Cartoon. And I know Lucky was working with him in, in and around, you know, Cartoon. Um and I've always known of him, and I know that he was um, this clothing guy. You know, he was he was able to to make these clothing business thrive and be bigger. So makes perfect sense. You know, what I mean, to bring somebody aboard, especially a West Sider. You know, what I mean, I'm already working with guys from Santa Monica, so bringing him aboard only made um, this documentary a little bit more solid because it could he can help me along with Shomahan take it to places other than I could have taken it. And then Charlie and I met through Lucky. Lucky brought me in. Mm -hmm. No, I met you on. Um, I <laughs> <laughs> he met you on reservation. <laughs> hey, I got another question. Uh, we're in the yoga studio, which uh, is a very pure place. But I'm kind of curious. There's a red bottle. <laughs> what, is, <laughs> what is that bottle over there that's on the floor? It's Jack Black's. That's breakfast. Wait, let me see what that is. What is Let's that? Get a look. Smirnoff. That's yeah. breakfast. That's just uh, breakfast. Wait, so uh, Gano. <laughs> <laughs> he said, 
Hey, Gano. Gano came in Out, a little off. bit. He wasn't Out. so happy when he walked in, but the bottle was still half. So, so more. everybody, there's. Let's see. This is a. Uh, this looks like about an eight ounce. I don't know how many ounces this is. Bottle of Schmierno. No, no ounces in there. Yeah. No. It's it's dry <laughs> as a bone. It's dry as a bone. But uh, Gano, what's with the? So why did you bring in the Schmierno? Because I was finishing it off. Why not? I mean, no, I'm, I'm asking you, like, were you nervous about doing the show? No, I didn't even know about it. I, I just had him come wash my car. I'm fucking not even like watching my car. He had me up like an hour before, like, literally I was already drinking, running my errands on, 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 on the weekends. I hop in my car and I do my thing. By just, like 10, I've already, I've already brushed my teeth. On the weekends, oh, man. I hop in my car and drink vodka. <laughs> On the weekends, I like to drink and drive. <laughs> On the weekends, I hit the Smirnoff and I run my errands. <laughs> I hit like fucking five drive-throughs at the same time. Uh, I've replaced my side. Hey guys, on the weekends, I like to drink and drive. Listen, I go, I, I, honestly, I thought like I saw the Smirnoff and I'm like, oh, poor, you know, maybe Gano, Alex was Got a little, little nervous. Yeah, yeah, I thought you were nervous. You need liquid like, nah, courage, huh? Listen, no, it's on Saturday. I got to do my errands, so I hit the Smirnoff. I jump in the car. Yeah. Hey, but, uh, blo- where's the weed at? I smoked before I got here. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. All, right. All right. No. <laughs> <laughs> Keep that shit outside. <laughs> yeah. It's right here. No, so, uh, uh, so, uh, so Gano, uh, now, are, is that your, is Smirnoff your vodka of choice, or are you a vodka dude, or what's, because everybody's Man. got their own drink. Okay, what's your well, thing? I'll tell you one thing. Okay, you get, a, you get a, a shot at a bar, you're looking at six to nine dollars, let's say. Right. Okay. Smirnoff sells a 750 milliliter bottle. Yep. This big. Yep. For it's been for like the last six months now, anywhere between nine and eleven bucks. Right. No, you're at a genius. all the markets. Uh, nah, you're, 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 all you're, the markets throughout he's Southern like, no, California. No, no, no. He's listen, what you just heard here is an exclusive on the Hard Luck Show. Gano did an economic analysis on vodka. And like you, you could waste your money at the bar if you want on a shot. Do your thing. Or or you could party right? all night. Exactly. For and ten do, bucks. Pure <laughs> economics right for here. For ten bucks. Be straight. You're gentrifying 10. my alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, that's why he's got a classic car. What do you want me to tell you? All right. I think I've learned everything I need to know. Hey, listen. I, I just want to say, um, Charlie, when 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 in a in a perfect world for you, when is your target date? For this film to drop, yeah, in the perfect world, um, probably like the middle of next year. Okay. You know, what I mean, you know, I me. Mean? Hopefully, we'll and, see how it goes. And what about we're gonna plan to hit all of the festivals, right? Do the festival circuit That's get a name? What we plan to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love it. He better. I feel like Charlie. You know, take that lecture that you did over at Santa Monica, dust it off, polish it a little bit because he's gonna be doing a lot of panels on these at Absolutely. these festivals. Absolutely, I heard about a Westlow's Gallery yep. showing that's yep. gonna be coming up at. That shit's gonna be crazy. It's you know, it's a prize occasion. And I, then, and then Charlie said, "Listen to this shit." So we 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 tried to have the protest over at Elysian Park, right? Correct. All right, the cops shut it down, right? So we moved the event. But then Charlie called me up the other day and was like, Dude, you know what? We were there with a bunch of people with our classic cars uh, on Cinco de Mayo, like around May 5th at Elysian Park. There was not an event. They were just cruising, doing their thing. And then what happened, Charlie? Um, friends of mine started receiving letters from the police department saying they w- they may have participated in an illegal 
um, activity on May 5th of 2019. Um, pretty much just being kind of like, it felt like a threat. Right. right. Threatening. They kind of know we were there. Um, I don't know how. Maybe they re- they got the license plates from different cars, but that's not cool, man. I think it's kind of <coughs> fucked up because I think if you sent a letter to any Latino on May 5th, mm-hmm. they you, you could probably accuse them of being part of something that was going off because that's Cinco de Mayo. That's like kind of bullshit. It, it's kind of scary in a way because last Saturday when we were trying to hold our event, they threatened me by um, confiscating my vehicle and crushing it for no reason. Yeah, that's fucked up. And they up. said they got a right to do that. Like, they no, you don't. do not. No, they do not. But the thing is, um, we've had cars taken from us and crushed, and they didn't give us a reason why. And it would have cost us more money to obtain an attorney. And, right. They and know that. pay the fees for the impound, which were outrageous in itself, more than the vehicle. So it wasn't even worth it. So they kind of like have this kind of mob tactic where they just come in and take your shit and do whatever they want and you can't do shit about it. And so and so what are we planning to what's being planned to do in regards to these letters? Well, well yeah, there's a plan but I don't know if we should talk about it cuz they probably receive us in handcuffs by the time we get there and shit. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll we'll keep it in a plan. We'll and this it. and this came from like <clears throat> it's not the lowriders. The lowriders barbecue chill. They're pretty quiet. It's the uh, there's other. Nah, there wasn't nobody, bro. I was out there. I'm single them. I was a. It was a family event. It was exciting. No, I mean People the reason why they're fun. why they're cracking down on all these car events is not the lowriders that are I doing don't think, the things. I, I, I don't think. No, I think you're wrong, bro. I think because they're, they're, it's just I, the lowriders. Yeah, because I, nobody's going out there to, to. What about the dudes doing all the burnouts? They, there was no dudes doing. No, burnouts. no, I'm saying that. But the reason why they're cracking whole down. Yeah. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but you see, they're they're trying to. They're trying to bulk everything up. Yeah, and that's not cool because that's not what we were doing. You know what I mean? That's what I'm trying to say. Right. Did you get that, Lucky? I got that. Um, I got that, and, uh, you know, we go to jail, and we get arrested because Sam's we're mobbing cars. up. <laughs> right. Oh, and you're mobbing up. You're mobbing up, and we're mobbed and ganged up. and all that. But the cops, they've been doing the same shit. You know? well, they got course. their gang. They got their, But they don't go to jail, you know? No, they uh, don't. <clears throat> you know what? I got a question. They could take, okay, they could, they could, they could, I'll give an example. They could, uh, they could wrap up Charlie with two or three of his homeboys. And if they all be um, validated gang members with gang files, right? And they wanted to impose a federal case, they could impose a RICO Act upon these guys because they could consider them an organized organized organization of crime okay Okay. follow me here how come when they bust these precincts these police departments and there's corruption they could and you've got multiple but 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 they don't because you know why okay but listen you guys are you hearing what i'm saying right now They'll bust the mob. They'll bust these guys. They'll bust everybody. But they but won't when bust it comes themselves. To themselves. They never get a Rico. But it's a fucking, it's a crime. thousand percent. You are a hundred percent. They're all working together, listen, bro, with listen, protection and badges. Listen. But they don't go to federal prison. Of course they don't. And you're right. It's a hundred percent correct what you said. Now, I'll tell you one. On, 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 because there's civil Rico too. There's is civil there? Rico. Yes, there is, my brother. There's a civil Rico. <laughs> it's true. And the thing is, is you could, 
I mean, the cops ain't going to do it to themselves. That's why. Cops ain't going to do it to themselves. You read about it all the time. They shoot up fools, and then, oh, they're doing a little investigation, and the cop's like, well, you know, it wasn't good, but it was still kind of by the book. Well, we'll get, you know, he's on paid leave, right? That's the punishment. But the truth is, is that there is a civil RICO, and absolutely you're correct. That is a conspiracy, 100%. Baca, mm-hmm. all that shit exactly, they were doing dude. at the fucking prisons? Yeah, and that at is the county jails. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, if, 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 uh, somebody who was injured by that brought a class action alleging a RICO. Absolutely. That would be. There's a civil RICO and you could bring that case. Absolutely. 100%. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. But you know what? The authorities ain't going to do it to themselves. Right. Gotcha. That's uh, why. And it's also fucked up what Charlie's saying because they will. On one or two dudes, they will impound your car and they will crush it. And they know that you either don't have the money to get an attorney, or even if you do, one or two cars could be seen as like a paperwork mistake or something like, oh, we didn't realize, or, well, the tags wrong, blah, blah, blah. But if we got enough people together, they can't do it to 100 people. And that's what we need to do. Guys, you need to understand, just like we talked about in our last show. Let me tell you something. Do not trust police officers. Do not trust law enforcement, at least not here. Not here in Southern California. Not anywhere. Yeah, not anywhere. It's the best, the best policy. Hey, dude, I'll tell you right now. It, it, there's a million people in small towns, like, and they're not even people of color. Like, they're just regular Americans who have been wrongly convicted of something, like the husband of a of a wife that was killed or something. And generally, they look at the husbands first. There's a ton of those guys. Sam Shepard. Like, there's a ton of these people who've been wrongly accused and wrongly convicted. And they thought that the cops would help them. We're the same color. I'm white. You're white. You're going to have. No, that's not the case. They got no. a, they, and they got a job to do on a different agenda and a different motive. A different agenda. Yeah. But let me tell you something. And this is what we need. Yeah, shit, I learned that shit a long time ago. I yep. mean, yep. cops will use whatever you say. Mm-hmm. And even if you, you. if you use, I mean, if you say something that will help you, they will not admit that. Right. They only will use whatever Listen, works against you. The cops are so crazy in California even. All right. And this has been a law for a long time. You can't just confess to a murder. You, you, you can confess, but they have to have some other evidence, too, because there's been too many cases of people confessing to shit they didn't do. And, 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 and that's like that's that just goes to show you what kind of tactics and shit go on behind the scenes that even the courts are like, OK, we're not going to just accept a confession. We need confession Damn. plus evidence. Damn, and, that's and fucked that, up. But this is what I wanted to say about the, the about political stuff and protesting. We need to look. Listen, we need to look at Hong Kong. You want to learn how to protest, America? Yeah, they're doing it for real, over dude. There. They don't give a fuck, dude. They they are in mass. First of all, they have the numbers, and second of all, it's going on like a month now. And I mean, the Chinese, Chinese, listen. Here in the States, we think shit's tough. Chinese government, they don't play, dog. Those motherfuckers are stone cold. They yeah, they just, got death squads, all that shit. Are you yeah, kidding yeah. me? They'll go right into fucking Tibet with the Dalai Lama and ship monks out. They don't yeah, give yeah, a fuck, right? right? Yeah, they like, will. We, we, yeah, they all will. Right. And those Hong Kong protesters are still at it. And they're putting on masks so they can't be recognized by the cameras. They're doing all kind of shit. And it's day and night. Bless you. Day and night. We have it too good here. That's the problem. Oh, they got motherfuckers got too many felonies around here. They don't want to get picked up again. I'll tell you what, though, if it's a thousand, ten thousand people that march on, march on wherever we got to march on, 
If it's a thousand to ten thousand people, they're gonna think twice. I'm I'm listen, I'm a I'm a double striker. I'm a two striker. I did I did three prison terms. And I'm ready to go protest, bro. Let's do it. I I, I don't give a fuck what you gonna arrest me for a protest. You know, so Dude. I want to go. I want to go start getting in in their face, man, and start pushing it, man. Go ahead, Ghana. Fuck these rules. That's Ghana. exactly that's exactly how I feel when I wake up, get in my car, drink and vodka. drive, <laughs> drink, drive, whatever, <laughs> and drive through these neighborhoods. You know where, I mean, there are neighborhoods, but there's people that aren't aren't even from here. I turn my music up as loud as I can. I fucking give them the dirtiest look, uh -huh. and I let them know we're still here. That's yeah. that's the way I protest. Yes. Protest. Yes. That's, you wanna, that's my energy. Yeah, but let, let me tell you something. That's and that's that's every that, weekend. Listen, my vodka. <laughs> that's 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 admirable up to a point, but it's only one person, and it ain't enough. It I, ain't enough, Gano. It's no, no, not no, enough. I know, I know, I know, I know. You I need know. to get ten thousand. You need. You're a leader. Got everybody hearing it right now. Alex Gano, Smirnoff, whatever your last name is, you are a leader. You need to uh, wake up everybody, and you need to start pushing that even more. You need to bring, you need to get people enrolled. They in know what, what I'm doing. doing. They know what I'm doing. You I mean, know what I mean? People see what I'm doing. They... You know what's weird, though? I and mean, this is a true story. Uh, two weeks ago, when we had that lunch with my producer friend or whatever, mm -hmm. you know what she told me? She said that she was over on the west side and she was like there in her BMW looking to buy something at some kind of boutique or whatever. And she said some heavy set like Latino dude with, had his music up real loud and was mean mugging her. Really? <laughs> was that you, guy? I hope. <laughs> Might have been. Might have been. I hope it was. Did she say he had any vodka on him? Uh, <laughs> and no. he smelled like Smirnoff. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, honestly, that feels it feels really good. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I like people. I mean, you know, this all comes down to, you know, the car culture, too. I love people staring at my car, but I also love what kind of car you got, brother. I used to have a 64 Impala. I've had a bunch of cars. The last one was a 64 Impala, had gold accents all over it, teal, white top. And then now I have a convertible 54 Bel Air red. But I love them looking at me and me looking back at them like, you know, what I mean, it, it, I mean, it's a give and take. They're over here like, you know, we moved here from blah, blah, blah. And like, look at this beautiful. And I'm looking at, back at them like, you know what I mean? Like, like you uh, we've been here. Right. You know what I mean? And this is part of what, you know, what you're paying fucking $3,000 rent for. Right. $6,000 rent. Easy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One bed. I'm talking about one bedroom. But, uh, hey, bro, I think this documentary is. is That's is how I express myself. That's how I express yes, myself. Man. Yes. I think that this documentary is the first step in really bringing um this culture um awareness no yeah and awareness to the gentrification and what's going on on the west side what's been going on, on the west side and who's still here holding it down um it's just important bro i think it's one of the most important well, not projects. only that it gives um a story for the people who passed absolutely you know, story, because if we don't tell that story they died for no reason absolutely 100 percent. right uh, it's just a great Great cause, a great idea, great concept. Honoring soldiers uh, in a different war. Uh huh. Yeah, and 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 kind of motivating the the ones that are out there looking at us today. Yeah, the young kids. Um, if they see somebody from Culver City that's in Santa Monica doing something positive, they're gonna be like, "What the fuck is going on?" Like I thought, we, you know, we're supposed to be at war with this guy, right? But yet he's over here, you know, supporting us or telling us to keep up with our music and or you know do documentary films as well. You know, I mean that. That's the whole thing about this whole um, documentary is I want to motivate kids out there 
um, and to doing something positive, and to doing something that wasn't shown to me or uh, you know people my age growing up in the neighborhoods, right? Which, you know, me and supporting these kids, um, because I know like Ernie G was doing his thing when he was young, but he didn't get no support from the West Side, yeah. no, and that was kind of wrong because I believe now that he would have been more successful than he is. And he, he was a Santa Monica kid, huh? Fool, I'm talking. <laughs> No, he was, my hand. He was, yeah, a he was Santa Monica. Yeah. He's a really cool guy, but he wasn't from the neighborhood. That's he's the coming thing. on. He's on our next show. He's coming on. Well, you guys are gonna get a great interview because he's a really good guy. Great Absolutely. story to tell. Humble yeah. man. Great music. Yep. Can't talk enough about him. Training yep. day. Training day, man. Top top five movies for sure. What? Training what day. the fuck that he came from? out in Training what Day? What are you talking about? It's I, the vodka movie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this he was in Training in, Day. Who was Ernie G? Yeah. What was he? What role did he play? I'm thinking Noel G. I'm sorry. I'm trying. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, you're yeah, thinking of Warren G. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Had to pull the mic from the fool. <laughs> yeah, that was, a, vodka, that was uh, a vodka talk. Uh, on that this one. just yeah. in from yeah. Smirnoff. <laughs> Sponsored by. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Charlie, man, I, I, I just appreciate you coming down. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for having me. Yeah. Sharing, uh, yes. you know, and you listen, Charlie, this is this is the beginning of an ongoing dialogue we're going to have because yep. I know above and beyond Westlos is going to be a great success, okay? And I know that it already that's is. just that's right. And this is just one piece of a huge puzzle that you're the story that you're telling. Yep. And as you continue to grow, continue to to build and make your stories Please make the Hard Luck Show a part of a place where you come and share with us. Definitely, folks. we support you. We we love you, man. I'm we got your back. You. We're behind them 100. We're gonna brother. call out all the writers again. We're gonna do Chumahan Sisters Wedding. We're gonna do yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all we're gonna show her how to do it on the West Side. Yep, yep. I love that. We're gonna show for her to wherever she got to go. <laughs> there you go. And chaperone, make sure she married a good man. Yeah, that's right. Hey, there you go. we hey. might have to. We might actually. TD's a little soft. We might have to take him around the back and pistol whip him. A little bit, just a little bit. We're gonna have to vet them. Yeah, we're gonna have to. <laughs> yeah, brother. Yeah, let's just uh, we'll keep pushing, brother. And your cause is a great one. It's a beautiful. Thank one. you both for coming down today, yeah, man. Yeah, thank it was you a pleasure so much. Having you guys, man. Much respect. Thank you, thank you. And yeah. uh, Charlie, uh, for anybody that wants to find out information on Westlow's documentary. Yes, we can go to Instagram, Westlow's Documentary. We have Facebook, Westlow's Documentary. And we're working on the website, Westlow's Documentary, which is um, in the works and is almost up. Okay, awesome. great. Awesome. You guys heard it. Listen, have a great thank you again. Coming all the way from Culver City, Mr. Charlie Chacon. Thank you for coming down today. And uh, we're out of here for the day. That's it. Peace. Peace. A rato, 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 rato. rato.